God. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful and thankful as we stand before the mighty word of God tonight. We declare we shall be changed. Your word has everything we need. One word from you can solve every crisis, every stressful moment, every stressful thought, every unsolved situation. One word from you tonight, Father God, is all we need. Father, we're intending to apply faith to the mighty word of God. As the word comes tonight, we're going to mix your word with faith. So, Father, go ahead and speak to us. Speak to your people. Speak to every listening ear. Those who are listening online or through some other venue, uh, speak to them. Uh, Someone listening in some delayed form, speak to them. Father, as only you can, through the power of your mighty word, through the power of your Holy Ghost. Father God, like two rails on a train track, your Holy Spirit, your holy written word, speak as only you can. From the logos of the word, may there come rhema word, the spoken word, coming and rising from the written word. Father, we thank you that your word is alive, it's quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Father, as we share the word tonight, we recognize it's by your might, by your power, by your spirit, Father, that your word accomplishes victory in our lives. So change wrong thinking, change wrong motives, change wrong actions. Father, set us up for success. This which you've given us to speak on tonight. Father, give us unction first. Give us utterance and unction to be able to share these things tonight. We'll give you all of the glory for it all, of course. Thank you for blessing Pastor Mrs. Hagan. Thank you, Father God, for all that you have planned uh, for this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Wave at somebody. Tell somebody else hello. Praise God. You can have your seat. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's a good God. Amen. I was thinking uh, today as I was was, uh, working on my sermon, uh, I was thinking about... uh, Man, October 1984, it's been a long time since my sweet mama went home to be with the Lord. My mom, I learned so much from my mom and my dad. My dad and I were best friends. My mom and I were best friends. We were just very, very close. And um, I had the honor, uh, privilege to be instrumental in both of them coming to Christ. And, and, um, but uh, I remember when my mom went home to be with the Lord, um, Anytime, you know, someone you love goes home to be with the Lord, it's a sad occasion. So many times, so many people recently have experienced this at church. And uh, when my sweet mama went home to be with the Lord, um, I remember it being a busy time, of course, and and all of that. I had to, uh, I was the executive of her estate, and I had to also uh, preach her sermon and organize her service and all that. Did the same thing for my dad. And... um, but my mama, my mama went home to be with the Lord before I could see her that last time. We'd said so often, thousands of times, I think, I love you, and we'd hugged and kissed each other, you know. But uh, I was en route to see my mom when she passed away. I'll never forget that. And I initially did not understand. I didn't understand why my mama passed away before I got to see her. And I asked the Lord about that. Because I was en route from Virginia. I was a campus minister in Virginia. And I just thought, man, I was en route to see her. I would have liked to have seen her one last time. And she went to heaven before I could get there. But later the Lord spoke to me. He encouraged my heart, you know, as only he can. How many know he's a comforter? 
the Holy Ghost in you and I, he's a comforter and he's also a consoler. Yeah, and when we go through times like that, the Holy Ghost will comfort you if you'll let him and be sensitive to him. He'll console you. Yeah. And I remember the Lord spoke to my heart and, um, and he showed me this. My sweet mama, she wanted to go be with the Lord. You know, we were coming out of denominational tradition, learning things about healing. Didn't know a whole lot, but God had done some mighty things already. And, and, uh, but uh, my mama had uh, cancer. And, and um, so, uh, so, so when she passed away, you know, the Lord showed me, she, my mom, she got tired of fighting. And she knew that healing was real, but she knew that heaven was real, and she wanted to go. But on the other hand, she didn't want to disappoint me. And every time I'd come around, my sweet mama would catch a, a, a second wind. <laughs> she, she'd improved dramatically. And, uh, and I, I couldn't see past my love for her and my own selfish desire for her to stay, that uh, she really was very, very tired. She wanted to go. She wanted to go. And sometimes when somebody goes home to be with the Lord, there's, there's not, sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't ever know why, but sometimes there's a simple explanation that that person wanted to go and be with Jesus. It's not always, that they're not, not always an explanation, but in my mama's case, that was the explanation. And I kept encouraging my mama, talking her out of heaven, talking her to stay, you know, staying in the earth. And so really, now I look back and I thank God I wasn't there because I would have tried to keep her here on this earth when she was ready to go. Can you understand that? And I, I didn't have the maturity at that time to see that there's a difference between the two. And sometimes people can do things for you because they love you. And at other times they can do things because they love God and they want to receive whatever God has for them in that uh, vein. So tonight uh, we're going to talk about this in a certain way, not about death, but uh, we're going to talk about this subject. He will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Now, over in the Word, let's look at several scriptures first. Isaiah 48, verse 6 in the New Living Translation. Isaiah 48, verse 6 in the New Living Translation says this, You have heard my predictions and seen them fulfilled, but you refuse to admit it. Now I will tell you new things, secrets. Everybody say secrets. You have not heard. Jeremiah, please. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 in the New Living. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. The title of this message tonight is He Will Show You Things to Come. We're looking at a a key scripture, one of my key foundational scriptures for tonight. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. God says this, Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. I like that. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets. Everybody say secrets. You do not know about things to come. 
over in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 28, if you will. Daniel, chapter 2, and verse 28. Daniel, chapter 2, and verse 28. We're looking in the New Living Translation, the translation I'm reading from. Daniel, chapter 2, and verse 28. It says this, then he, he asked them, but who do you, I'm sorry, uh, but, but there is a God, Daniel 2.28, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Everybody say secrets. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. And now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. This was Daniel saying to King Nebuchadnezzar that God had revealed secrets about what was to come. Yeah. Over in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, starting with verse 15, if you will, please. Matthew 16, verse 15. You said you should have given us a bunch of scripture to start off. I just want to lay a foundation for the things that I'm going to say. Matthew 16, verse 15 through 17 says this. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? That's Jesus asking his disciples, of course. Verse 16. Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. Everybody say revealed. You did not learn this from any human being. Then over in the book of, in the gospel of John, chapter 16, John 16 Verses 13 through 15. John 16, verses 13 through 15. John 16, verses 13 through 15 in the New Living, if you will. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future and he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. And this is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Finally, this same verse in the King James Version, John 16, verse 13. We just read that. John 16, 13. Now, KJV, King James Version, please. John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come... He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Now, in the example I shared about my sweet mom going to heaven... You say, did did you know she was going to heaven? No, no, I did not know that. I was shocked. When When my sweet mama left this earth, I was literally shocked. I did not know she was going. I was asking the Lord, why didn't you show me my mom was gonna go? But I didn't realize the same time I was asking him that I didn't have the maturity in Christ to be able to handle it if he had showed me that. Anybody understand what I mean there? Sometimes we want God to show us things, but we have to be able to also handle, as a mature Christian, the things that he would show us. Can you understand what I'm saying? 
And, and sometimes if we're not ready to handle what the Lord would show us, we would mess that up if he did show us. Now, the Bible commands you and I to do what? Walk by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. That's our lifestyle. It's not something, a part of something we do. It's the lifestyle of what we do. So for my sweet mama, I didn't have the maturity. Now, years later in Christ, I had grown to a certain level. And I'm not saying God will always show us this because you'll see in my points that I'm making, I'll, I'll, you, you, you'll understand what I'm saying and, and balance, the balance of what I'm saying. But years later, as it concerned my dad, God spoke to me, spoke to my heart, and he showed me two years before my dad passed away that my dad was going to go home. Two years out. But this time, I had the maturity to be able to handle it. And not only that, when the Lord showed me that as an action point, two years out, I started making a memorial video for my dad. I'd, I'd finished it, had it done before anybody ever knew what, my dad never knew that I did that. I asked my dad all kinds of questions about our family history. I knew that he went into the army February 1948 as a 17-year-old. As a Got his older brother to lie on his application so that he could go into the military. <laughs> I learned all the family history, you know asking my dad. I didn't tell him what I was doing, but I would ask him all this. And then that I gained so much information about our family and I chronicled that in a video of his life. And I remember when he did go home, it was such a sweet, and, and, and before, and, and in that two year period of time, oh, we had a time. We had a time. I, I got my dad out there on the high seas with us on a cruise. <laughs> he loved that. He'd ne- he would never go. He'd always said, no, I'm not going. No, no, no. I don't want to be around all that water. No, no, no. But I told him, come on, Dad. You're going to love it. And oh, we had a time. We had a time out there on the high seas. My dad never stopped talking about that cruise. Oh, man. I flew to Jersey one time right in the uh, middle of a blizzard, Christmas time, just a few days before Christmas. Had a couple days off and uh, flew home. Rented a car, took every bit of insurance you could get on the, on the rental vehicle in a blinding snowstorm, drove my dad to New York City uh, to a, a, a Tony, uh, no, what, what, Peter Luger's Steakhouse. Peter Luger's is a famous steakhouse. Right across from Wall Street is a steakhouse. It takes at least a month to get a reservation. They say three months sometimes to get a reservation in there. When we came in there, a gentleman came in ahead of us and the restaurant wasn't even full. And they asked him, do you have a reservation? He said, no. They said, you're going to have to go, sir. We're sorry. You need at least one month, at least one month reservation. And, um, but I had done all that, made a reservation, flew there in a blinding snowstorm. My dad said, son, it's too snowy. What if we hit something with the car? I said, oh, dad, I took every bit of insurance. I could bring back a steering wheel and I'd be all right. <laughs> He said, all right, let's make it an adventure, boy. So we headed out to New York. Man, we had, we had big old $100 steaks. Oh, my goodness. My dad never had a steak like that. I'm just saying, in those two years, we had a time. But I had the maturity to be able to handle it. So many times people asking God to show them something, they don't have the maturity to handle it. Oh, let's go a little bit deeper in this thing now. Let me tell you this. This is my first point. God is not going to show you everything. You say, what kind of first point is that, preacher? The title of your sermon is, he will show you things to come. <laughs> and your first point is God not going to show you everything. That's right. That's my first point. You got it. God is not going to show you everything. And so you might as well get over that. 
I remember the night before Tony and I got married. Oh, man. The night before we got married, I'm just happy as a lark. I'm just happy as a lark right now. <laughs> this woman the Lord has given me. I'm so grateful for her. I'm so in love with this woman. And, uh, but the night before we got married, I mean, everything's all set. We're going to go on a cruise. We're going to get, we're going to, we're, we're, we're getting married here, but, but uh, I, we, we wanted to do that just so Tony's, Tony had never been married. And, and, and so her friends and coworkers, we thought, well, let's let her, let everybody see her get married, you know, and uh, I'd been married before. So, cause we had planned originally just to go on a cruise and get married on, get married on the island, you know? And um, so anyway, so, so, but we're still going on the cruise. So, so we're going to get married here. And we're going straight to the airport. We're going to change clothes, going straight to the airport, going on a cruise. It's the night before. It's about 3 a.m. Man, Lord woke me up. And uh, he said, uh, he gave me scriptures and then spoke three things to me. And told me this. Number one, I wrote them in my prayer book. Don't be offended. Number two, he told me, don't be distracted. Number three, he told me, don't stay disappointed and gave me scripture. And I thought, the Lord, Lord, you gave me a sermon. You know, sometimes the Lord wake me up like that, give me a sermon or something. I write it all down and say, show me where it fits, Father, and I'll preach it when, you, when the time fits, you know. And I thought, man, what a great sermon. You gave it to me just like that. Bam, bam, bam. Don't be offended. Don't, uh, don't uh, uh, be distracted. Don't stay disappointed. Wrote him in my prayer book. Said, I got three points to a sermon. I said, all right, Lord, I'm going back to sleep. Thank you for the sermon. And then the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, that was for you. It wasn't for the people. It was for you. And I said, oh, but, but everything's going great in my life. I'm, I'm about to get married tomorrow. There, everything is good. There's nothing wrong. I, 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 nobody I'm offended at. I ain't distracted by nothing. Uh, don't stay disappointed. I'm not disappointed. But if you say so, Lord, thank you. It's for me. I'll receive it. I went on back to sleep. We had the most beautiful wedding. Thank God, Pastor Mary, Pastor Hagen married. We had the most beautiful wedding. And uh, so we raced back to the house because we got to get changed, get over to the airport. And so we're getting changed. I got a text from Royal Caribbean. Cruise line says, unfortunately, so many of our personnel have contracted COVID. We can't sail the boat. We have so many people with COVID. We can't sail your ship. And we realize this is a very important occasion for you. You know, they're supposed to have our room decorated, you know, honeymoon and all that. And um, so, uh, so they said... Uh, so we're, unfortunately, we can't. And, and you know, we're getting ready. We got bags packed. We're getting ready. We're just moments from going out the door to the airport. Just moments. And so Tony said, oh, no, our cruise. Honey, what are we going to do? And then I said, oh, man. Oh, man, last night, last night. God spoke to me last night. She said he did. I said, yeah, he gave me three things. I thought there was a sermon. And then the Holy Ghost told me they were for me. She said, what did he tell you? I said, well, he told me, don't be offended. Because right about now, I'd be like, man, that Royal Caribbean canceled our cruise. I'm going to call them and give them a piece of my mind. They canceled our cruise. Put me on another boat. Don't be offended. When we thought about that, we thought, man, they're just doing their job. Thank God they didn't sail the boat. 
You could get out there on the high seas and then get quarantined out there. On our honeymoon, we saw a boat out there. We saw a boat that got quarantined. Just like a mile offshore, half mile offshore, you could see it just clear as day. By that time we were on our honeymoon, you know, but, but uh, we could see the boat right there. They're, they're all quarantined, couldn't go nowhere. Don't be offended. Don't be distracted. That was the second point. The, the purpose wasn't, the, the, the cruise was not the main thing. It was celebrating our new life together. That was the main thing. Don't be distracted from the main thing. And then don't stay disappointed. Don't stay disappointed. And so we got over our disappointment just like that and said, Father, you got something good for us. And my heart, Lord said, you got tickets to Miami, get on that plane. We went straight to the airport. In the air, we decided where we were going for our honeymoon. We flew to Miami just like we were supposed to, but when we got off the, when we got off the plane, then we, uh, we decided in the air, hey, Key Largo's not far from there, the, the Florida Keys, let's, let's rent a car and head to the Florida Keys. We found a beautiful resort down there in the Florida Keys, and man, we had a time. And when we got done having a time down there, we spent two or three days, I think about three days down there at the Florida Keys, we came up to Miami Beach, right on the beach. We, had a, we rented a hotel right on the beach and had three, four more days. We had a glorious time. Don't be offended. Don't be distracted. Don't stay disappointed. Then the cruise line wrote to us and said, because we messed up your cruise, we're giving you a free cruise. (laughs) Giving you all your money back plus giving you a free cruise. Don't stay disappointed. (laughs) God is not going to show you everything. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord. And there are times when God will reveal something to you and I, and there are times when he won't. And when he won't, it's a secret thing. Walk by faith, not by sight. Keep your attitude right and your mouth shut. Said, I wish I had a bigger amen on that point. First Corinthians 13, 12 in the New Living says this, first Corinthians 13, 12, but we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. And of course, that blockbuster scripture, we're to live our lives on 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Romans 1, 17, just write it down. I know I'm moving quick. Romans 1, 17, listen. The just, the righteous man, man shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You know, that statement is made in Habakkuk 2.4, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, and Romans 1.17. It is the lifestyle of the New Testament believer. The just shall live by faith. What does that mean? God's not going to show us everything. We're not going to know everything. Now, we live in an information age, and we all desire to know everything. We desire to know details, dates and details, but God's not going to show us everything. And so if you think you're, God's going to show you everything, then you might as well ask him to take you to heaven because that's the only way you're going to, and, and in this earth realm, you're not going to know everything. God showed Joseph a dream. In the dream, Joseph was ruling and reigning. He was in a palace in his dream. But did you notice what God never showed Joseph? He never showed him the pit. He never showed him Potiphar's wife. And uh, he never showed him the prison. How come God showed him the dream? He's, he's in the palace, 
but he never showed him the pit. He never showed him uh, Sister Potiphar. He never showed him that prison. I said, I wish I had a bigger amen. God's not going to show you everything because he expects us to walk by faith and not by sight. And he's given us everything we need for the victory. Listen to me now. God, in in Acts 27, verse 10, Paul was getting on board a ship that had 275 other souls on board, plus a ton of cargo. Acts 27, 10, Paul said, I perceive there's going to be loss of cargo and loss of life. This ship is not going to make it to the destination. We are going to have terrible accident. We're all going to die. God, God showed him the shipwreck. But you know one thing, God never showed him that he was going to be stoned. In Acts 14, <laughs> in Acts 13, 2 and 4, when God called him out, when the Holy Spirit called him out on that missionary journey, he never showed him he was going to be stoned. He showed him the shipwreck. He never showed him the stoning. And he never showed him the snake bite. You understand what I'm saying to you? God showed Paul a lot of things, but he, but he never showed him. He never sh- he showed him that shipwreck. He showed him the shipwreck. He never showed him the stoning. He never showed him the snake bite. What are you saying, preacher? God's not going to show you everything. If you're expecting to know everything, you're expecting not to have to walk by faith and not by sight. And that's not scripture. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. Are you with me there? And when God doesn't show you something, it means that you don't need to know it. It means that you've already got everything you need to be successful and walk in victory. It means God is expecting you to walk to the victory by faith and using the name, the word, the blood, the promises of God. I wish I had one amen in this place. I said God is expecting you to use the authority that he gave you. When he doesn't show you something. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Romans 8.37 says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, have overcome them because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. James 4, 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, and he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. When God doesn't reveal something to you, it means that you're supposed to walk in victory because his grace is sufficient for whatever you're going through. Woo, I got, I did a bigger, I did a better job ministering that point than y'all did saying amen. Let me tell you this, God is not going to show you things that you won't obey. Everybody want to know something. Show me, show me, show me. Wait a minute. Are you willing to obey what he shows you? God's not going to waste his time showing you stuff that you yourself are not even going to obey if he does show you. In 
First Samuel 15, 22, it says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than the offering, offering the fat of rams. Yeah. Psalm 32, verse nine says, don't be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit or bridle to keep it under control. God's not going to show us things that we're not going to obey. But in these final moments, I want to make my last point, and it is this. God will show you things to come. It's my title. God will show you things to come. My title is my third point. John 16, 13, again, when the spirit of truth comes, Jesus said, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after some more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them away. Wow. That was, that was Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. I tell you, uh, one thing that will help us immeasurably is to set an atmosphere for God to speak to us. Everybody wants God to speak to them, but sometimes we're not willing to take the time to enter into his presence and to set the atmosphere. Here in Acts 13, 1 and 2, these men are ministering to the Lord and fasting. And then the Holy Ghost said. The Holy Ghost didn't said something. And then they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Uh-uh. They created an atmosphere by ministering to the Lord first. They ministered to the Lord and fasting and, and, and prayer. You know, when you go to God and you say, God, I don't want anything. I just want to bless you and thank you. I want to honor you for being so good. I want to thank you for saving me. I want to thank you for healing me. I want to thank you for blessing me. I want to thank you for providing for me. I want to thank you for forgiving me. I want to thank you for lifting me up. I want to thank you for helping me over and over again. I want to thank you for who you are. You're a holy God. You're a faithful God. You're a good God. You're a merciful God. Oh, when you stop asking him for things, there's a time to ask him. We've got exceeding great and precious promises for a reason. We're supposed to use them. But there is a time that we ought to just enter his presence and just minister to him. And during those times, we set an atmosphere. You can set an atmosphere right there in your car, right there in your apartment, right there in your home. Ministering to the Lord will set an atmosphere. And if we create the right atmosphere, the Holy Ghost will speak if there's something to be said. Sometimes we've messed up the atmosphere. We jacked up the atmosphere and we want the Holy Ghost to speak, but we jacked up the atmosphere. How can you want the Holy Ghost to speak to you and you jacked up the atmosphere? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, getting off into strife, getting out of love, speaking fear-filled words, harsh words, that'll jack up the atmosphere. You, You want the Holy Ghost to speak to you, don't mess the atmosphere up, set the atmosphere And Acts 13, they set the atmosphere. And when they set that atmosphere, the Holy Ghost spoke. The Holy Ghost spoke. Over in Ephesians 6, 18, it says this, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. 
with all prayer and petition, Ephesians 6, 18, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Here's where praying in the spirit, our heavenly prayer language, praying in the spirit, praying in English as well, of course, everything we know in English, but praying in the spirit as well, praying in the spirit. Listen, that will help us immeasurably. Will help immeasurably. Taking the time to be alert when we pray, taking the time, taking extra time to yield ourselves, to yield ourselves. And see, we turn off gun smoke or whatever it is, you know, and, and yield ourselves to the Lord, taking a few extra time, taking a little extra time to yield over to the Lord, to yield our tongue to the Lord, to yield to Him. He can show you things. I've said so often, I remember my son Stephen in college, him and his wife, she's his wife today, but she was girlfriend back then. They come home for, from OSU, they both going to, going to OSU, and they come home for the weekend. We fed them real good, you know. They're getting ready to go back. We're in prayer. We're, we're, we're praying. Every time they came home, we gather in a circle and pray, and the kids get in the car and head off. We're praying. Down in my spirit, don't go. Do not leave. Do not leave. Do not leave here. And I told the kids, I said, listen, I, I, I don't know why. I got, it in, I got a big check in my spirit. You cannot leave right now. And I told them, I shared with them one of Brother Hagin's stories about that. And um, they stayed, I don't know, they probably stayed another 30 minutes, 35 minutes, something like that after that. I just had a sweet peace. And I told them, I said, you kids are going to have to learn how to follow God yourself. Dad can't keep, you're, you're, oh, you're of age now. And that can't get everything for you. You need to get things for yourself. You need to be sensitive to the Spirit on your own. And then my son Stephen, he called me. He said, oh, Dad. He, about 30 minutes later, they headed off to OSU. They're out there on Highway 412. He called me. He was frantic. He said, oh, Dad. Oh, Dad, I had to calm him down. I thought he was in an accident. He said, oh, Dad, Dad. That. He said, there's dead people in the road. They've shut down both sides of 412. There was a horrible accident, Dad. It was a horrible accident. People are dead in the road. They've got them covered up. He said, Dad, I know I would have been in this accident. Yeah. He'll show you things to come. Will he show you everything? No. But if you'll yield yourself, I believe God will show us a whole lot more than some of us have been hearing. I believe there's a whole lot more than some of us have been hearing. First Corinthians 14, 2, I'll wind down with this. <clears throat> he who speaks in an unknown tongue is not speaking to men, but speaking to God. No one understands him, but in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. New Living says uh, he speaks uh, intimate mysteries in the spirit. The Living Bible says it'll be a secret what he speaks. Um, Most versions say, um, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. And uh, some translations say, that that word mysteries means answers. What are you saying? That sometimes, not all the time, there's different reasons and different flows uh, in other tongues. I'm not saying every time. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But there are times when 
in speaking in other tongues then, um, when we're, we're talking to God, we can utter out mysteries. Sometimes those mysteries are answers. They're secrets to the things we're praying about. Somebody said, well, I don't take any time to do that. Well, you might be missing out on your answers. That might be why you're not getting as many answers. But, but sometimes they come out in the spirit first. Sometimes as we take the time to yield ourselves and yield our tongue, those answers come out in the spirit and then get interpreted in, either in our mind and our thoughts or get interpreted with our, our words, with our tongue, so that we can understand what they are. Yeah. Praying in the spirit will help us immeasurably. Ephesians 6.18, what we just quoted. Here, 1 Corinthians 14.2. God going to tell us everything? No, he's not. Setting the right atmosphere and waiting for the Lord's timing are two important components of this. But the Lord said he would show us things to come. We have the Holy Ghost. And there are things that, that that he will reveal. Now, I could have said, now, Lord, why didn't you show me we weren't going to get on our cruise ship after the day after we got married? I didn't know that. <laughs> I would have wanted to know that. But you see, he already gave me everything I needed to be successful. I didn't need to know anything else. Everything I needed, I had. Of course, we just responded in faith and just had a blessed time. And so if there's something the Lord hadn't revealed, it might just be a divine secret. And the secret things belong to the Lord. If there's something the Lord hadn't been revealed, you might need to yield yourself and take a little more time and get in his presence. There's something the Lord hadn't revealed. You might need to realize that God's not going to reveal everything to you anyway. We walk by faith and not by sight. If there's something the Lord hadn't revealed, you might need to understand that God's not going to reveal things if you're just going to be disobedient anyway. But Jesus said, I will show you things to come. John 16, 13. He said, I will show you things to come. The Father beckons you. Come. Let's pray. Father, in this time that we've had, we've endeavored to share these things that you've laid upon our heart. And Father, we know that you would not speak to us this way if you weren't trying to get through to some amazing, wonderful people. Father, we thank you that you're a revealer, you're an unveiler, you're an unfolder. And we know we're not going to know everything. We're not always going to know why grandma died. We're not always going to know what happened in such and such a situation. But there are things that you'll reveal when we wait on you, when we humbly submit to you, when we trust you, when we look to you. And so, where we've been disobedient, then we ask you to forgive us. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Nobody's looking at you. You say, I've been disobedient in some areas, but I want to make it right. Let me see your hand. I'm not asking you to come down here for that, but let me see you be honest with God. I've been disobedient in some areas. I need to make it right. Yeah, okay, thank you. Honest hands, honest hearts. Father, you see. So I ask you these hands that were lifted, Father, If there are some areas that you've been trying to speak to them, then speak to them again. Father, you 
know the plans you have for us, Jeremiah 29, 29. Plans for our success, not for calamity. Sometimes you want to show us things so that we can make proper decisions and get out of harm's way. And so if you've spoken to someone but they weren't listening or they weren't obedient, they weren't yielding, speak again, Father God. Speak as only you can. Show them things to come. We understand you're not going to show us everything. We understand some things are a secret. We understand we walk by faith and not by sight. We understand that by your grace, your grace is sufficient for us to walk in victory in every area, no matter what we know. But Father, we want to be yielded to you. We want to be used by you. And we want to follow you closer this year than we did last year. So speak to your servants and we'll follow and obey what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before we go with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wonder if someone would be honest in here and say, I'm not living right. I'm a Christian, but I'm not living right. But I know I need to make it right. Would you pray for me? Preacher, would you pray for me? Can I see your hand? If you're here and you say, I'm not living right, I'm not living right, but I want to make it right, thank you. God sees your honest heart. God can see. God can see. God, if you mean business with God, show him you mean business. Somebody else, you're here. You say, I want to make it right. I want to get right with God. I'm not living right. I'm not living right. Preacher, would you pray for me? I want to get this right. I want to get it right. God can see your heart. He can see your hand. Somebody here today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. I've never even given my life to Christ. I've never asked Jesus to forgive my sins and turn my whole life over to him. I want to make it right today. I want to give my life to Jesus. Anybody here like that? I'm going to do just what I said. I'm going to, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, if, if you raised your hand that you would stand or you should have raised your hand, you know it's sitting there, or you're at home and you're raising your hand, you're in your car, you're raising your hand, you're at your office somewhere, God can see that. On the count of three, now not if you're in your car, of course, but if you're at your home or you're here in this church, I want you just to stand up on your feet. One, Get ready now. Get your mind off of people. Two, get your heart on the Lord. Three, just stand right up on your feet. Just stand right up on your feet. You mean business with God. You mean, come on, stand up on your feet. You mean business with God. If you mean business with God, he'll mean business with you. Nothing's going to work right. Nothing's going to flow right until you get this part right. I want you just to step out in the aisle. Come down here and let me pray for you. I'm going to do just what I said. God's going to honor your obedience tonight. God honors obedience. Just come right on down. Just boldly come down here. That's right. Just boldly come down here. God's going to honor your obedience tonight. Praise God. Thank you for coming. Praise God. Thank you for coming. Someone else. God, God will help you. Listen, the, 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 come on. The doors of the church are open. Come on. Let God help you. Be honest with him. Be honest with him. Let him help you. God bless you. God bless you. God wants to show you things. God wants to touch you. But your heart's got to be right. Your heart's got to be right. God bless you. Your heart's got to be right. Come on, the doors of the church are still open. Come on, let God help you. If you'll be sincere with him, he'll be sincere with you. God's got things to show you. God's got things to do with your life. Come on down here, come on. God's, God's going to help you. God's going to help you if you'll let him. If you'll let him, he'll help you tonight. If you'll let him, he'll help you tonight. He'll help you right now tonight. Come on, come on, let him help you. Come on, let him help you. God bless you, thank you for coming. Come on and let him help you. 
God loves you. He's not condemning anybody. He's not condemning you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let him help you. Let him help you tonight. Let him help you. Oh, praise God. God will help you. He'll help you. He loves you. He can see your heart. He can see your heart. He's got things to show you. He's got things he wants to do with you, in you, through you. He's got things to show you. Come on down here and make it right. Make it right. Yeah, the doors of the church are still open. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you so much for coming. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to do just what I said. I want you just to lift one hand to God. You're not coming to a man. You're coming to the Father of lights. You're coming to the God of the universe. Just lift one hand to him. I'm going to pray this prayer. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Come on. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of room. Come on. Praise God. There's plenty of room. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. God bless you both. Thank you so much. Praise God. Just lift one hand to him. Just lift one hand to him. Praise God. The rest of you stand on your feet. Lift your hand toward our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. I want you to pray it. At home, I want you to pray it. In your car, I want you to pray it. Let's, let's pray together. Father, I come in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you for your loving kindness. And I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. His shed blood has washed away all of my sins in the name of Jesus. Thank you. He's the son of God. Thank you. He's my redeemer. Thank you. He's the deliverer. Thank you. He's my helper. Thank you. He's my savior. Father, I'll live for you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to trust you from this moment forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, make me the person. Make me the person you want me to be. Make me the person that you want me to be in the name of Jesus. And I'll serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a big praise offering to God right now. Come on. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. We can do better than that. There's joy all over heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is Reverend Paul, his wife Augusta, and they are over our prayer team tonight. They're going to give you some free material. Answer any question that you have. They're not going to keep you all night, just a few moments. If you would go with them briefly, they're going to give you free material, answer questions for you, and make sure you have every answer to any question you have. I want you just to go with Reverend Paul and his wife Augusta right now. Would you do that right now for me? Do that right now. Come on, let's give them all a big hand. Come on. Come on, give them all a big hand. Give them a big hand. Come on, come on, come on. They're cheering louder than that in heaven. They're rejoicing louder than that in heaven. Praise God. Glory to God. Come on, come on, come on. Point your hands toward them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for every one of them. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. Father, we love them. And we thank you they'll receive everything you have for them. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, may your power fall upon them. May your power be displayed within them. May your healing power rise and touch them in every area of their lives, from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. Father, may you reveal unto them things that they need to know. 
We thank you, Father God, for opening doors before them, your favor and hand of blessing upon them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for it, and we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God again. The Lord is good, amen. The Lord is so good in this place. He's a mighty good God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My friend, remember, God will show you things to come. He's got things to talk to you about. Let's, let's incline our ear and let's listen as he talks. All right. We're so glad you came. Thanks for being such a wonderful crowd to minister to. And uh, we thank you for listening. Those at home or online or through some other venue, we thank you as well. We want you to write in. If you prayed that prayer with us, we want you to write in yourself and let us know that you prayed uh, that prayer. And if you do, then somebody will minister and reach out to you with some information. We thank you for tuning in. All right, listen, we want you to keep Pastor Mrs. Hagen lifted up. They're busy ministering uh, today and tomorrow, and they're always in demand around the world. And um, so pray for our pastors. And then you'd be right back here Wednesday for Hour of Power. Pastor Ted, do we have any first-time guests? All family? All right. Be back here Wednesday night, Hour of Power. God bless you one and all.